1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to help you. I, I want to help you tonight. There's a gift that our Father's given us that we're not taking advantage of. We're going to talk tonight about the mind of Christ, and we're going to talk about your mind and uh, having the mind of Christ, accessing the mind of Christ. All right, if you're born again, if you've been born of the Spirit, and I'm stunned the more Christians I meet in America that are not born of the Spirit, they're just churched. You, must, you, can, you can do a lot of things, but you must be born again. You have to have a new birth. Something has to happen to you. And we invite Christ to come into our hearts. We're born again. The Spirit of God comes in. <clears throat> if the Spirit of God is inside of you, then the mind of Christ is inside of you. And if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, you you're not going to have eternal life when you die. You got it now. Amen. Eternal life is not somewhere you go. It's somebody. Let me tell you something. God is not in heaven. Heaven is in God. If you've got the Spirit of God inside of you, you've got eternal life right now. Well, that eternal life also brings the mind of Christ, and it means that I can access the mind of Christ. I want you to look with me. I love this passage, but let's look at just one part of a verse in 1 Corinthians 2, 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, instruct the Lord? Watch these words. We have the mind of Christ. I want you to look at that. Have you ever seen that in the Bible before? A lot of folks have never seen this. What does the Bible say I have? I have the mind of Christ right now. I've got to access it. But the mind of Christ is mine right now. It's a, it's a gift from the Father. If I'm born again, the Spirit of God's inside of me. Let, let me tell you what the mind of Christ is. It's, um, I'm going to put it so simple. It's when His thoughts are placed in your mind. It's when Jesus literally places His thoughts inside of your mind. And you think with Jesus. Uh, some people call it divine wisdom. Some people call it inspired thinking. But it's called the mind of Christ. It's when his thoughts come inside your mind. This is available to believers. Could you imagine if you could think the thoughts of Christ? What would that do in your life? What would that cause you to be able to do? What does the Bible say right there? We have the mind of Christ. And this is one of the greatest gifts he gives. Now, getting saved will get you into heaven. But if you can access the mind of Christ, it'll bring heaven into your life on this earth. And, and the Bible is very clear that we have this. And I'm, I, I, don't be a, I hope this don't come out wrong. I can get in trouble here. How smart is God? Think about that a minute. Who's the smartest person you know? What were people constantly stunned by when Jesus walked on the earth? His answers, his wisdom, how smart he was. I'm going to tell you something. That God's real smart. You want to fight? You want to argue? There's nobody smarter than him. Would you agree with me? All right, now listen to me. He, that's in you right now. The smart of God is in you. We have the mind of Christ. I'm not, we won't look at it, but let me just quote to you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this. Know you not, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God? Dear friend, if you're, if you're born again, the spirit of the living God's inside of you. Matter of fact, if, you, if the Spirit of God is not in you, you're not a child of God. Romans chapter 8 said, if any man does not have the Spirit of God, he's not one of his. But the literal living Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus' dead body out of the grave, is inside of you right now if you're born again. Well, the mind of God is in there then. Because the Spirit of God is the wisdom of God. All right, let me take just a second and let's talk about the mind of Christ tonight. Um, we talked about our mind this past Sunday and how the enemy gets in our head. Let me talk to you about your thought life for a minute from Scripture. 
I want you to learn that we got, we got to get help here. We're getting killed in our thought life in this land today. We're suffering in our thought life. All right. Does anybody here think? I'm beginning to wonder. Obviously, you're not from Washington, D.C. All right. <clears throat> we, we think different thought. We think a thousand thoughts a day. We're constantly thinking. We only turn our minds off when we go to sleep at night. And even then, there's some activity. All right. Every thought comes from one of four places. There are four sources that we think from, four streams of thoughts that come into our lives. Now, psychology would say there's two. The Bible says there's four. Let me tell you the four places that you think that thoughts come into your mind. Listen, everything starts with a thought. Every unkind thing ever done started with a thought. Every kind thing ever did done started with a thought. We live out of our thoughts. Before it becomes a deed, it's a thought. So a thought, reap a deed. So a deed, reap a lifestyle. All right, four sources of thoughts. And I, I say it like this. Thoughts, thoughts are internal, external, infernal, and eternal. Those are the four places we think from. All right, number one, we have th- thoughts come from inside of me. I have a mind. I have a, I have a lot of data in there. It's called your subconscious. I have emotions inside of me. My emotions can get upset and cause me to think a certain way. I put up with your mess all the time. I know they do. You, something happens, you get angry, you get jacked up, and then you start thinking about what you're going to do. That came from the inside. My mind can think of things that I pulled data out, and I can think of things that I've stored away. I was sitting here thinking about something that happened to me last week. Do you understand your thoughts can come from inside of you, internal? Your thoughts can come external. Somebody walks up to you and says, did you hear about this? And you'll start thinking about it. You'll see something, and that, that thing causes you to think about something. That's external. Now, we, everybody believes that my thoughts either come from my own mind and emotions or they come from external stimuli. But listen to what the Bible says. Thoughts can be infernal. Thoughts can come from hell. We saw this last week. This is what we talked about. And I gave you a number of scriptures. If, you, if you've not seen these before, um, Acts chapter 5, verse 3 is where the Bible said, a born-again, spirit-filled man did something really bad. And Simon said to him, why did you let Satan put it in your mind? to lie to the Holy Spirit. So that teaches us right there that Satan can bring thoughts into our lives, the demonic. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse 16 says, we should take up the shield of faith and quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. So these darts come, they're thoughts that can get into our minds from him. One of the most amazing passages is Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus told his best friend, Simon, he said, we're going to Jerusalem, I'm gonna be crucified. And Simon said, far be it from me, Lord, let that happen to you. And in verse 24, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Your mind is not on the things of God. Who put it in Simon's mind to protect Jesus from the cross and send us all to hell? And and if the chief disciple can have thoughts come in his head that quick from hell that are contrary to God's will, don't you think me and you can't? I'm telling you from the Bible and personal experience, your head can get bombarded with garbage that's from hell. And we got to start taking this stuff seriously. But listen to the fourth source of thoughts. The Bible said the mind of Christ is the fourth source of thoughts. The Spirit of God will put thoughts in your head. He'll bring thoughts into your mind. And I love the thoughts of Jesus. That's, what, that's what's called the mind of Christ. I want you to look with me at the great verse on that in John chapter 14. One of the great promises. So you've got my little head bone here. And I'm thinking, and I, I live out of my thought life. All of us do what we do because we think of, think of stuff. Well... I don't really know if I'm the greatest source of wisdom in the world. 
I know for a fact the news is not. I sure don't want hell telling me how to live. I want the mind of Christ. I want the thoughts of God in my mind. I want him to bring thoughts into my mind to help me with my marriage and my family and my life and my job and my friendships and my, and my everything. I want the mind of Christ. Well, that's his promise. He's promised to, I mean, he couldn't make it any plainer. We have the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean it's automatic. It means we can access it, but it's been given to us. And this is that great promise in John chapter 14. I want you to watch what Jesus promises us in John chapter 14, verse 25, where Jesus said this, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. What do you say? I've been physically with you guys right here and I've been communicating to you verbally, but he's fixing to leave now. Who's going to help him then? All right, watch this, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance everything I say to you. All right, the words bring to your remembrance, the Greek words upamonas, monas is the word for mind. I want to listen to what the Bible said. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He'll put my thoughts in your mind. The Holy Spirit of God will put into your mind what I want to say to you. So we see from this passage that I can have the mind of Christ. The, the mind of Jesus can come into my mind and I can think thoughts that came straight from Jesus. How many of you have ever had a thought that was from Jesus? Well, if you're a believer, you did. You may not have known it. Let me tell you what we want. I want to shut down the thoughts of hell. I want him to get thee behind me. I don't need to be thinking your thoughts. His thoughts lead to destruction. I really don't want my thoughts anymore. I sure don't want your thoughts or anybody else's thoughts. What if I could have the mind of Christ flowing through me all the time? Could you imagine what kind of a life that would be if I could access the mind of Christ constantly? And this is his, listen, this is his gift to you. It, the great promise of the mind of Christ and just some people call it inspired thinking. There is a place where your mind can just be filled with the thoughts of Christ and then we can live out of those thoughts. Guess what a life would be then? Let me take just a moment. And uh, if I'm going to say it wrong, what if we had the mind of Christ? That's wrong. We do have it. You read in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 26, we have the mind of Christ, but what if we could access what's in there and we could hear it clearly? What would that look like? If you had the mind of Christ, you would make the greatest decisions. You would always know what to do. And everything, your decisions would just be so, you'd just know what to do. Did Jesus ever get to the place where he said, I don't know what to do here. People were stunned at what, how he knew what to do. That's the mind of Christ. You have that. And we, could, we want to grow to where we live in that, the mind of Christ. Let me talk to you for a second from Scripture about what would happen in your life. Why he wants to give us the mind of Christ. It's so needed today. Gosh, it's so needed today in our land. The mind of Christ is so absent today. Uh, number one, let me tell you, four things happen if you had the mind of Christ. You would come alive and you'd, you'd live a life of, uh, the Bible says, life and peace. You'd never be afraid again. You'd never worry if you had the mind of Christ. Did you ever see Jesus worried, upset, bothered, nervous? Turn with me to Romans chapter eight. Look at this great promise about the mind set on the spirit. All right, Romans chapter 8. Now, dear ones, Romans chapters 5 through 8 are a picture of the life we grow in. Romans 5 is where you're born again. You have a true experience with God. Romans 6, you begin to get free from the garbage in your life. Romans 7, you struggle with trying to live the Christian life and find out you can't do it. And you discover this guy named Holy Spirit. And then Romans 8 is the spirit-filled life. 
It's the progression of from a pagan to live in a pure spirit-filled life, from Romans 5 to Romans 8. Romans 8, he describes some things, and I want you to look at what he says about your mind. Listen, demons, everything centers around the mind. Romans chapter 8, uh, this is a wonderful truth here. I want you to look at what it says in Romans 8, verse 5. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh, a natural life, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, they set their minds on the things of the spirit. So you, can you see where I have control of my mind? I'm wondering if some people have control of their mind, but the Bible is very clear here that I get to make decisions about what I think about. Watch the result, verse six. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spirit minded is life and peace. When I access the mind of Christ and my mind's flowing in the mind of Christ, life means alive, peace, freedom. There's hope in my life. There's no fear, there's no worry, there's no shame, there's no guilt. There is the mind of Christ frees us from the garbage. And the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Now, what does it mean the mind set on the natural world is death? You do the best you can, but it's the best you can do. Let me tell you what we're finding out in this nation right now. The best we can do ain't cutting it no more. If ever there was a time where we need divine wisdom, we need the mind of Christ right now. And the mindset on the, the flesh, I see it all the time in believers, that they're discouraged, they're confused, they're sad, they're fearful. That's not the mind of Christ. That is the mindset on the flesh. That's the natural thinking. That's how everybody thinks that doesn't know Jesus. There is a mind that can be filled with the Spirit and have the mind of Christ where you're alive and at peace and free. And you, when you think different, you live different. That's I, I, I good enough to say again. When you think different, you live different. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two tell us this. You want to change your life? Change your thinking. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you change your thing. And it's not just enough to think positive thoughts. Now, if I had to choose between positive and garbage, I'd take positive. Okay, you wouldn't, but I'm telling you, I'd rather have positive thoughts. But it was, listen to me, listen to me. And I thank God for those people who teach that stuff. There's something above positive thinking. It's the mind of Christ. It's where the, the Christ is literally in your mind and your thoughts, his, your thoughts become his thoughts. His thoughts become your thoughts. And you think the thoughts of Christ. Number two, if you had the mind of Christ, do you have any idea how creative you'd become? You would become so creative. You'd have ideas that were just crazy out of this world. Uh, let me, let me ask you a question. Who created everything there is? You might have any idea. You've been here long enough to know that. John chapter one, listen to what it says. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things that were made were made through him. Nothing that was made was made apart from him. Who created everything there is? Christ did. Jesus did. Where did everything that exists in this universe, where did it start? It started in the mind of Christ. Do you have any idea how creative you'd be if that mind were inside of you? at the things you could think of and the creativity would flow out of you if you had the mind of Christ. I want to I show you one of the great pictures in the Bible of a, of a man that God gave the mind of Christ to and how creative he became and what it did. This is a great encouragement for people. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Is anybody familiar with Bezalel? I doubt seriously you're going to name your son Bezalel. You know, I read these names in the Bible and I just, I thank God for names like Brian and Frank and John and Mark. <laughs> Here's something you need to know that won't be worth nothing. Longest name in the Bible. What is it? Meher Shalal Hashbaz. How'd you like to have that stuck on your birth certificate? <laughs> Isaiah's oldest son, they named him Meher Shalal Hashbaz. 
I love names like Brian and Joe. And that's good. All right. I want you to look at something here. This is one of the, this is one of the most, one of the greatest passages. By the way, this is the first time in the Bible where the spirit of God came on a man. Look at this. This is Exodus chapter three. I'm sorry. 31. Exodus 31. I see that, that large print Bible ain't even helping me out here tonight. Look at me in Exodus 31. I want you to see this. All right, let's read Exodus 31, verse one. Exodus 31, one. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God in what? Wisdom and understanding. Dear wisdom is the mind of God. Wisdom's not smart, natural smart. Divine wisdom is when God's thinking through you. He said, I've filled him with the spirit of God. I've filled him with wisdom and uh, understanding in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Now, now, listen to me. Think with me here. If God says, I've, I've, I've given this man the mind of Christ, I've filled him with the spirit of wisdom. What do you think it'd be to do? Well, you think preach or organize or whatever. What's what he calls this guy to do with this great mind? I filled him with the spirit, verse um, four, to design artistic works, to work in gold, silver, bronze, cutting jewels for setting in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. God gave this man the mind of Christ to create things, artwork and, and woodworking and to, to set jewels in certain array. I pray like my son, he's, my son went into a carpentry work and into contracting and I began to pray over him. And I said, Father, I praise you and thank you. The spirit of Bezalel rests on him, that he'll have the spirit of, of, of craftsmanship. But it was, this guy had the ability to create such beautiful artwork. Where'd it come from? the creative mind of Christ. What if you had the mind of Christ and you had this kind of creativity in your particular field, whatever it is, or, or whatever it was. Demons, we, uh, that's one of the things I hate about television and the media today. The media has turned us into non-creative zombies. I'm not, I'm not being ugly, but now back when I was a boy, right, you know, right as the last dinosaur was leaving the earth, uh, mama would say, get out of the house. Don't come back for supper time. Well, we didn't go out there and play with toys. We'd go in the creek and we'd build things and we'd make things and we'd create things. And because we were so poor and you didn't have video and you didn't have video games and you didn't watch TV back then, it wasn't but three channels and Betty Feaser was on that all day. No boy wanted to watch that. And, and, but you had to create things. And our media-driven age has caused us to stop creating and we've become zombies. The spirit of God is the spirit of creativity. And if you had the mind of Christ, you'd have ideas in your business, in your life, in your home, the creativity of the Lord would be so good. All right, num- all right number one, you'd come alive. Th- there'd be such hope and peace inside of you. Number two is creativity. One of the things I think, I, I married a very creative woman. She, uh, she may not have been very smart when she married me, but she's always been real creative. And one of the things I love about it, when, when our kids were growing up, she was always coming up with stuff for them to do. And you know, my son on occasion, he complained because it looked more like school than a home to him, but that's okay. It helped him over the long haul. But just the creativity of, rather than just sit here and stare at the wall, let's do this. We need some creativity to come back to this land today. We need creative ideas and leadership today. Well, that's the, that's the mind of Christ. All right, number three, you'd become a great problem solver. Do we have any problems in this land today? I meet people, I meet more Christians who've got so much junk in their lives. And let me tell you, they always tell me, I don't know what to do. That is the absence of the mind of Christ. Listen to me, Christ knows what to do. You'd, you'd, if you had the mind of Christ, you'd just have this wisdom to solve problems. And people go, where'd you get that from? 
They'd, they'd say you are a smart person. No, it's not smart. It's the wisdom of God. And you'd be able to solve problems. I'm going to show you the great picture of this in the Bible. It's just tremendous. So turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. Surely you've heard this before. 1 Kings chapter 3. Now you need to see this and you need to, you need to go after this. 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, the Kings. If you see the Chronicles, we've gone too far. All right, the greatest king that ever ruled in world history was a man named King David. But as all kings do, people do, David got old, he got his Medicare card, he aged, and it came time for David to die. And his son Solomon was appointed in his place. Let, let me help you. If you ever go behind somebody in a job or something, don't follow somebody that's good. Follow somebody that tore everything up. It's much easier. All right, this young boy, this young boy has got to follow the greatest king that ever lived. His father. And this great, it's the greatest nation on earth. And he, he's, you, you didn't vote on kings. The son became king. And he gets pushed up into this job. And he's got to follow the greatest man that ever lived. The greatest king that ever lived. And this is a great lesson for you and I on wisdom. And here he is fixing to come in in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's look in verse, uh, verse 5. All right, this is right before he takes over. Verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask me for something. What shall I give you? All right, you're on the hot seat right now. The living God appears to you and he says, ask me for anything you want. Of course, you know he's got the ability to give it to you. What would you ask him if you could have one thing? And this man asked for the one thing that we should all desire above everything else. He said, ask me for one thing. And I want you to look at his response. In verse uh, six, he said, you've shown mercy to your father. Verse seven, now, Lord God, you've made your servant, me, king instead of my father, David. I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. What did he say? I'm not up to the job you've given me. I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. There's one of the smart, we'll look at this later. One of the smartest things any of us could do is when we have children look up and say, I can't do this. When you get married, it should be in your vows. I cannot do this without your help. It, every, we need this attitude of, I, I can't do it without you. He simply said, I'm not capable of doing this job. And I want you to look at what he asked for. Verse nine, therefore give your servant an understanding heart to judge between your people that I may discern between good and evil. Who's able to judge this grape? You know what he asked for? Wisdom. He asked for the mind of Christ. He said, I want you to take over my thinking and I want you to think through me. He said, I'm not capable of handling my job, but I ask you to give me the wisdom of God to manage this job. And to do this, all right, look at the next verse. And the Bible said this, uh, verse 11, verse 10, and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And let me start, he goes on to say, because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask for me to crush your enemies, but you asked for my heart and my mind to be inside of you. Therefore, I'll give you everything you didn't ask for. Who is the world's wisest, smartest man to this day? Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Where did his wisdom come from? He wasn't, it wasn't a high IQ. It was the touch of God on his life. It's the same thing you've been offered. Same thing you've got inside of you. You have the mind of Christ inside of you. And this man governed. And the Bible said that kings traveled for miles to come and just watch him govern because he was so smart in what he did. He was the greatest problem solver of that day. Where'd it come from? Same thing you got inside of you. What if you could access the mind of Christ to handle problems? And in the same chapter right here, matter of fact, the first problem he did, he gets, he asked for the wisdom of God. He said, I want the mind of Christ. I want you to think through me and, and be my thought life. 
And the Lord granted his request and immediately the first problem he has to solve, two women come in front of him. You can read about this same chapter. And they have one child. And these two women were living together. They had two, each of them had one child. And during the night, one said, uh, during the night she rolled over and smothered her baby to death. And she took my living baby from my side and put the dead baby with me. And when we woke up, she said, look what happened to your baby. And maybe, you know, mama knows her baby. And the other one said, she is lying. She's lying. She, she switched those babies. I know my baby. All right, you're Solomon. And you got to make a decision. Which woman gets the baby? All the IQ in the world can't handle that. No DNA test. How are you going to do that? What if you had the mind of Christ? This is just an example of what it means to have the mind of Christ. Solomon stood and he, he sat on his throne. He thought of him and he said, turn to the guard and said, hand me your sword. So he gave me a sword. He said, lay the baby down. And since we can't decide which belongs to which, I'll just cut it in half. And you can have half and you can have half. That'd be fair. All of a sudden, the woman on this side said, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I, I took, I'm lying. Give it to her. Give her the baby. Solomon said, no, you're not lying. That's your baby. He said, the woman that would give up her life to save her child, that's the real mother. You know what that is? That's the mind of Christ. That's problem solving glorious 401. That's the wisdom of God of knowing how to handle situations. Where'd it come from? He wasn't that smart. God gave him the mind of Christ. It's inside of you. That same mind's inside of you. All the problems we face as people, all the things we deal with in our jobs, our family. You ever had two kids come to you with different stories? Well, you know, daddy's answer was take one and beat the other. That's not really the best. What if you had that kind of wisdom inside of you? Listen to me. You do. We have the mind of Christ. But we need, we need to access this mind. We need to think like this. We need the divine wisdom. You ever had friends call you and ask for help? I sat with a lady this afternoon. Her husband was killed tragically a few days ago, unexpectedly. And she's sitting there crying. She looked at me. She said, tell me why this happened. That kind of wisdom doesn't rest with human beings. Only the mind of God, only the mind of Christ can help people. And you've got friends need help like this. But you would be such a great problem solver. Our... Uh, I don't mean to be, I'm not being political. Our leadership today is so devoid of divine wisdom. In this, we're, we're getting killed in this nation because there's a lack of wisdom. And let me tell you what it is. It is the judgment of God on a nation that's given him the finger. That's Romans chapter one, when he said, if you put your fist in my face, I will take away wisdom and I'll give you over to a, it's called a reprobate mind and you will do things that are absolutely unfitting. We're there. We desperately need the wisdom of God. In praying for our nation right now, pray that God would raise up leaders who have the mind of Christ. There was our, our problems are solvable, not with current leadership. And I mean Republican or Democrat. The answer is not with men. Only God can heal us now. But listen to me, listen to me. He wants to. The heart of God is tender toward his people. But you've got to get your fist out of his face and humble yourself. And we need to pray for godly wise people who have the mind of Christ for him to put him in office. This nation could be turned around. Our land could be, could be healed. Certainly could. But you want to be a great problem solver. And then let me give you one more. The mind of Christ is life and peace. Just, there's hope. There's encouragement. You, just, you see things. You, uh, impossible things just make sense to you. you. This is going to work. That's the mind of Christ. Instead of being afraid and nervous and upset, you just got hope. That's the mind of Christ. 
the creativity. You always, you just had these great ideas. Well, they're not your ideas. He gives them to you. It's the mind of Christ, not your mind. And then when situations happen, we live in a messy culture, but you know what to do. You know how to help people. You know what to say to them. You know how to fix things. You, you just got wisdom. And then number four, if we could access the mind of Christ, we'd be great kingdom builders with supernatural wisdom. And by kingdom builders, I mean this. Could you imagine a family that could be built by people that have the mind of Christ? Listen, our father's a family God. He loves family. Family's the dearest thing to our hearts. But why are families in such trouble today? Why are families falling apart? And why are families struggling so much today? He said, brother, it's the times we live in. It is the absence of God's wisdom. I watch men just run their families in the ground. I watch people do the dumbest things. And I'm thinking, surely you don't expect this to work right here. But if you had the mind of Christ, you would build the greatest family. You would know what to do. You'd know how to, you'd know, you'd understand marriage. You'd know how to deal with children. Uh, one of the great promises, Psalm 120, it's the great promise of a man who will hear the mind of God. And that, I love a verse in that says this, your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. What's that picture? A strong, healthy family that comes from the mind of Christ. And um, if you're learning how to do family from our society today, you headed for a train wreck. We, we, uh, let, let me say it in Hebrew from scripture. We have fell out the idiot tree and hit our head on every limb on the way down the way we're doing family right now. I mean, we're hurting in our families in this land right now. It's a lack of wisdom. Do you say, Brother Brian, the times we're living, that's the way it is. Knock that mess off. Darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness to people, but the glory of the Lord will be upon you. And people will see his glory upon you. Yes, darkness is going to cover the earth. Buy a newspaper and read it. Well, I forget you young people, you don't do that stuff. Get your thumbs out and read it. <laughs> yes, darkness is going to cover the earth. But these are also the days where I will pour out my spirit on my people. Listen, there's going to be a shining on God's people like never before in world history in the last days. We're there. The mind of Christ is going to be released in the earth to people. They can hear what he's got to say. You, you just, if you want a great family, get the mind of Christ. You, you, you don't need, listen, you need one book and that's it. A lady told me years ago, she said, you should write a book on family. And I said, ma'am, one has been written and you're not going to top it. Nobody will ever top it. It's a great book, but it's the mind of Christ that does this. Number two, how about business? Do you think God knows anything about business? Guess who invented business? I hope this don't cause you not to like him. Guess who's my, whose idea it was for people to work? Don't be mad at him. It was a good idea to start with. There was a, how many of you know that the Almighty could have just put us on this earth and laid food around and we could all just sit around and socialize? He could have fixed it where nobody had to work. There was work is, was a good thing when he invented it. Work is a good... God, it feels strange saying it in America. Work is a good thing. We draw stuff from work. Work's a good deal. It's good stuff. But listen to me. So many people are struggling financially today. Why? We've never had more college educations. Why are we in a bigger financial mess than we've ever been? We're lacking wisdom. We're not lacking education today. We're lacking wisdom. You ever heard of an educated fool? I'm meeting more and more of them. All the education in the world is not wisdom. There was knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the ability to make great decisions. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. My computer's got knowledge, but my computer can't make great decisions. That's wisdom. That's the mind of Christ.
Uh, let me give you an example about business. Listen, our father created business. No United is the Lord your God who gives you the ability to make money. If I were in business, I'd, I'd pray the mind of Christ over my business. Let me give you an example of a business turned around by God. Luke chapter five, there's a man. He was a businessman. His business was failing. It was doing terrible. And he was a commercial fisherman and they were catching no fish. His name was Simon. Master, we've toiled all night, caught nothing. Well, he didn't fish for fun like I do on occasion. His family depended on that. He, that was his livelihood. That was his business. Well, you don't catch no fish. Guess what? Your business is failing. Your kids don't have anything to eat. That was how he made his living and supplied for his family. And he was, his business was terrible. He was catching nothing. But he heard the voice of God. And Jesus said to him, take your boat back out and go right over there and do that. And Jesus told him to do something in his business. Now, listen to me carefully. What Jesus told him to do was wrong. It was wrong according to business practices. Now, we've got to remember something. Was Simon an expert? He'd been fishing all his life. He knew how to fish. He did it the expert way and failed. Are you hearing me? The expert way is failing in this land today. And that, well, I'll just tell you what happened. Jesus said, go back out and, and go right now and go right over there and put your nets down right there. Jesus told him, make this business decision. And Simon said, Master, we've told all night and caught nothing. All right. Uh, that, the Sea of Galilee is crystal clear like drinking water. You can see a nickel on the bottom. You can't fish during the day because they're net fishermen. And if you throw, a fi you throw a net over fish when there's daylight, what's going to happen? Some of you know, they'll get out of the way. That's why you have to fish at night. That's, you know, you don't set up an, an ice selling machine in Nome, Alaska. <laughs> it's all over the place. You got to make good business decisions. You have to fish at night, even when I'm, bait, when I'm slinging my net for bait fish, fishing around the inner islands, you, if you see bait fish coming this way, you can't throw a net at them. They'll watch it. <laughs> you got to bring your boat around behind them with a trolling motor. You got to throw it. They got to be going out. You got to throw it behind them. They go, oh, captured. If they see the net, they'll get out of the way. That's why, he, that's why it's dumb to do business that way. But listen to what he said. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do what you said. And he went out there and the Bible said he caught so many fish it sunk, it almost sunk his boat. He had to call for another boat. It almost sunk that boat. And that business, that was his greatest payday of his life. His business turned around 180 degrees by doing what? The mind of Christ. What if you had a hardware store that was failing and you'd, you'd been to school, you did everything they taught you in school. What if you could hear Jesus tell you what to do in business? That hardware store would turn around. We can apply this to family finances too. We're in trouble in our finances in this nation. I don't know how it is that we got so many college degrees and we can't save money. My grandpa only went through the sixth grade and never worried about money in his life. I right, what if you can, what if you had the mind of Christ when it came to money management and business? He, he would tell you, do this. And you'd have these thoughts about doing this. Open this. You'd have thoughts like this. Do not open that right now. Do <laughs> don't put that over there right now. Do not put your money in a high investment fund right now. Unless you want it to talk and say goodbye. Don't do that right now. There's, we have got to start leaning on God for wisdom. It's called the mind of Christ. In every business, every area. Uh, let me give you another one. Our communities need help. You know, our communities are in mess because we don't have people with the mind of Christ in there to straighten them out. Let me give you a picture from the Bible about a community that was ruined. It was, a, it was absolutely destroyed. Sort of mind you, some of our inner cities in America. And a man by the name of Nehemiah, who had the wisdom of God, went there and totally rebuilt their city because he had the mind of God. He knew how to do it. Then we need, we need people with the, 
this thing in Christianity today where we're going to to hell with that nasty old world, we're going to sit down and wait for Jesus to come back. We need to be right in the middle of that nasty old world with the answers. Listen, God's people are going to have the answers in these latter days. That's why we need to, instead of hiding, we need to start schools that have the answers for education today. We need to be in business. God's people need to be running the earth, not by force, but by wisdom. The people need to see the wisdom of God and say, that guy right there knows what to do. I'm going to call him. That's the mind of Christ. And we could fix our neighborhoods, our communities. Don't you understand? Almighty God knows the answer. What he needs is somebody on the earth to have his mind and, and apply it and work it out. And he could do this. I'm, a, I'm fixing to, let me throw one more, in, one more in here. Anybody ever struggle in relationships these days? Are people getting hard to get along with? We was talking today about how Barney and Andy and Otis all got along so good. The sheriff and the town drunk got along great back then. Andy was, I mean, Barney was dumb as a brick, but everybody loved him. Why on Andy Griffith did they handle relationships so well? We can't get along with nobody today. What is it? We lack wisdom. We don't have the mind. Listen, relationships are the most important thing on earth. Relationships with people are the most important thing on earth. Why are we screwing them up so bad today? We don't have the mind of God in this matter. One of the great pictures in the Bible of relationships. Acts chapter 9, there's a man named Saul. He's converted powerfully converted. You remember that? He, it was Saul. He got saved. He became Paul. But the Christians wouldn't have anything to do with him. They're scared of him because he, you know, he's been killing us. Now he says he's one of us. What if this is us? What if this is trying to infiltrate us? But a guy named Barnabas, who was known as a man who had the wisdom of God, brought him in there and then everybody received him. There were these relationship builders in the Bible that had the ability that God gives to bring things together. Listen to what the Bible said. Blessed are the peacemakers. Not peacekeepers. Anybody can keep the peace once it's there. We need peacemakers today. We need people who, my friend Mark Walker is one of the greatest ones that ever lived. Mark Walker uh, was a congressman and Mark went to Washington and he said, one of the things God's put on my heart is to try to heal the racial divide in this nation. We have a racial divide in our nation in case you didn't know it. And Mark said, I, God, I believe God wants me to work to heal the racial division in this nation. And Mark went to Washington, came head of the Congressional uh, Caucus, Republican Congressional Caucus, and Mark built bridges with historically black colleges that nobody had ever done before and did it from the Republican side of the aisle. He just has the wisdom of God to bring people together and to, build, and to restore relationships. Blessed are the peacemakers. People who can go into a situation with the wisdom of God and bring families back together, bring neighborhoods back together, bring people back together. There was this is what the Bible said. If you bite and devour one another, you're going to destroy one another. What's happening in our land right now? People are looking for a reason to fall out. Where are the wise people that know how to bring people together? Where are the wise men that know how to bring? Where are the people that understand? It's not by dynamiting the whole dang thing. Where are the people that have the mind of God that know a soft answer turns away wrath? Well, we need, you, you need the wisdom of God in your relationships. I hear all the time people say, I work with the stupidest people. <laughs> Hateful liars. And I think, Oh, you on staff at a church somewhere? What are you, what are you, where are you working now? <laughs> Dear ones, you don't need another job. You need the mind of Christ. Was, Jesus is not a runner. He's a fixer. Blessed are the peacemakers, not those who run from trouble. And, but you have to have the mind of Christ to be able to build bridges and build relationships like that. All right. What would your life look like if you lived out of the mind of Christ? What if God's thoughts flowed through your head and you just... 
you just knew what to do. And, and you, just, you just realized that wasn't me right there. That was him right there. It's in every one of you. It is a promise of God to every person. Let me kill a demonic lie. You don't have to be super spiritual to have the mind of Christ. This thing of, well, I'm not a great Christian. There's only one great Christian in world history. Can we get over that? The rest of us are just poking along. But we're loved and we're cared for by him. Let me, let me quit by saying this, accessing the mind of Christ. <clears throat> if you want to hear the thoughts of God, you have to create an atmosphere in your head. There's a certain atmosphere that you can hear him in. That you can, your thought, you realize, these are his thoughts right here. Um, let me illustrate it this way. My dad, as he got older, uh, he got a little hard of hearing. Do you know older people get a little hard of hearing? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know that. I've never understood how it is that the people that are hard of hearing think the music's too loud. I've never understood that. You can't hear it anyway. <laughs> I'd explain it to me later. All right. My dad got a little hard of hearing. Well, you know, when you're hard of hearing, you turn the TV up. Well, I'd go see him and I'd sit in there and he'd be talking. I couldn't hear him because the TV was too loud. Are you with me? Y'all ever experienced this before? And you know what I had to do to be able to hear him? Don't be spiritual and deep. What'd you have to do? Turn TV down. To hear him, I had to turn the TV down. He said, what's that got to do anything? You got four streams of thoughts coming into your head. The thoughts of Christ are the quietest. They're the mildest. You have to turn some other ones down to hear him. You have to turn the racket down to hear him. This is a great picture. It's found in 1 Kings 18. One of the greatest men that ever lived had just won great victories. And all of a sudden, Satan got in his head. A spirit named Jezebel got in his mind. Other people were saying things. He got to thinking stupid thoughts, wanted to die. And it ruined his life because he, because he, couldn't, he wasn't thinking God's way. He went up on a mountain. His name's Elijah. He went up on a mountain. And the Bible said there was a storm, there was a wind, rocks were tearing, there was a fire, but God was in none of that racket. And finally, after all that got quiet, you remember what they said, what does the verse say? Then came a still small voice and it was the mind of God and it was the wisdom of God and it told him what, and he knew what to do then. What's that a picture of? We got to silence all this racket. We got to silence these other sources so we can have the mind of Christ. And to do that, you need to create, a, create an atmosphere in your head. How many of you create an atmosphere in your head? We all do. We just got to create the right one. It's like uh, my daughter, she, she's the one in fitness freaks, works at a fitness thing here. She, I said, well, he's a bodybuilder. She said, Dad, everybody's a bodybuilder. Just depends on what kind of body you're building. I said, well, you, you're missing the point here. <laughs> it was, everybody creates an atmosphere in your head. We need to create the right atmospheres inside of us. Do you know you have an inner life? A lot of people talk about the, uh, the secret of the successful life. That's not right. It's the success of the secret life. You get your inner life straightened out, everything out here will be fine. But our inner life is the stuff that goes on in our own hearts and minds. Let me mention a couple things about building a, an atmosphere. Heart, worship, and gratitude. When you, in your mind and in your heart, you're just grateful and you're thankful and you just live praising God and thanking Him, that creates an atmosphere where the mind of Christ can flow through your mind. One of the great pictures of that, Acts chapter 13, there were five leaders in the church at Antioch and said, as they ministered to the Lord, they just sat there or stood there, or I don't know what they did, and they just thanked God for His goodness and they worshiped Him and they praised Him and they talked about how good He'd been to them. That creates an atmosphere for you to think God's thoughts. 
There was an atmosphere of how stupid they are and this nation's stupid and nobody listened to me and I work with a bunch of idiots. You're creating an atmosphere that invites hell. You're creating an atmosphere that silences the voice of God. We got to do what the Bible says and create an atmosphere in our minds that the spirit of God can flow through. The mind of Christ can be there. And we do that with just... um, In these crazy days, stop trying to figure everything out. You're not going to get answers in your head. The answer's not in your head. The answer's in heaven. And you need to hear heaven more than you need to think these days. You're going to crack your egg thinking today. But you'll hear the voice of God thanking. We need less thinking and more thanking. And thanking's not country for thinking. It's thank you, God. You'd be surprised that simple uh, my beloved brother Paul, Acts 16, when they were beaten, hurt, thrown in prison in the darkness, verse 25, and at midnight they were singing hymns to God. There was, we have got to learn in this day that we're living in, we need to creep in, keep an atmosphere of gratitude and thanksgiving and worship inside of us to hear the mind of God and to silence those voices. Uh, let me quote to you Psalm chapter 8. I don't know if you ever read this or not. Out of the mouths of infants and humble people, you have ordained praise to silence the voice of the enemy. You want to shut that garbage up in your head? Live to praise God. Keep a song in your heart. Keep, keep thank, thanksgiving and gratitude. I just sing all the time. Uh, you know, rather than kick the devil out, just keep him from coming in. I, I want them little boogers that are, I think all of us have little boogers assigned to us, different demons. I think I want them to go back to the office at night with their heads bandaged saying, Send me to the Methodist preacher tomorrow. I can't take him no more. (laughs) He is wearing my head out. If I hear what a friend we have in Jesus one more time, I'm quitting this job. it's, It's the little things. It's the little things of obedience that make all the difference in the world. When you wake up first thing in the morning, don't start fellowshipping with your problems. Start fellowshipping with the creator of the universe. Set your mind on things above and uh, create an atmosphere where you can do that. Number two, there's an atmosphere inside of us called humility. Do you remember when now Solomon was raised in royalty? He could have been a spoiled brat. I mean, his daddy was the man. But when he became king, what did he say? I am a child and I don't know how to do this. He humbled himself before God. There was, listen to me. God Almighty is attracted to humility. The Spirit of God runs, just as water runs to the lowest place, the Spirit of God runs to humility. And by humility, I don't mean I'm a loser, I'm an idiot. That's not humility, that's stupidity. Humility is just, I need help. I need help. You know, when I first had children, it scared me spitless. Apart from Jesus, I told them, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to raise children. I got a book on it, but I need your help. And I bet the first day I found out my sweetheart was pregnant, I've prayed every day since. I don't know what to do, help me. And we need to have an attitude, you know, well, I, I know how to do this. Good luck. You're on your own. I hope you do. We're going to find out. Listen to me. We're living in a day where experts are failing. God's never failed one time. And we need the mind of Christ in everything we do. That's why you stay in that position of humility. But let me throw one more out here. How many of you believe God tells the truth? You know what that's called? Faith. That's called faith. I, all the time, I just think, I praise you. I have the mind of Christ today. How many of you believe you have the mind of Christ? I just read it to you right out of the Bible with my hand in the air. 
Don't, don't read the word of God that says we have the mind of Christ and say, I wish I did. <laughs> don't read it and say, how do you get it? You, you just read it. When you read something like that, you know what faith does? Praise God. Thank you, Father. And you need to say it out loud. I, all that I say, I thank you. I have the wisdom of God. Anytime I, you know, I get faced with some of the strangest stuff. It runs in my line at work. And uh, I don't know what to do. I'm a dumb redneck fisherman. Can I get a witness? Don't, don't. <laughs> but let me tell you what I do know. The spirit of God's inside of me. And if he will break through, we'll get help. And that's why you, I just thank him all the time. I praise you that I have the mind of Christ. Thank you for the thoughts of God. As King David prayed this, how precious are your thoughts to me. I love the thoughts of God. The, so I just be minded. I don't even know he's watching me sometimes. And this thought will come into my mind and I'll say, that's you, ain't it? That's you, wasn't it? And once in a while I'll say something dumb like, I'd have never thought of that. <laughs> you reckon. I'm telling you, if you could access the mind of Christ and he'd put thoughts in your mind, say this to them. Handle it this way. Go over there. Do this. The thoughts of Christ flow through us. You'd be stunned at what it would do in life. Just, but, but we need to believe what the man says. And now let me do one more. Let me do one more. You can't have his thoughts till you give up yours. There's not enough room in your head for two thoughts. <laughs> there, there can't be competition between my thoughts and his thoughts. I've said before, you'll never have the peace that passes understanding till you give up trying to understand. All right, let me, here's the key verse on the mind of God. It's Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, where he said this. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, my thoughts are not his thoughts. I can't have both thoughts in there. That's why I have to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. And I have to make up my mind. I don't want my thoughts. I, I'm, not, I'm not just plain ignorant, you know, Chatham County dumb. I'm not that bad. <laughs> But we're dealing with stuff we don't know how to deal with today, all of us. Well, I've decided I'm going to push my thoughts to the side. I want his thoughts. In other words, I don't, I don't want my opinion. I want to know what he says. I don't want my way. Because in that same passage, what did he say? My ways are not your ways. Well, I don't want my ways. I want his ways. I want his thoughts. And when he hears somebody that says, I'm not that smart. I want your thoughts. He is drawn to that. And uh, listen, I've seen people that, I mean, I don't think they could have took a bath without help. Are you with me? <laughs> I'm trying not to be just real ugly tonight. To some he gives five, to some he gives two, and to some he gives not much at all. <laughs> the difference, if you have the mind of Christ, that, that puts you in orbit at knowing what to do. And, and we need to begin to live out the mind of Christ. Greatest gift in the world to know how to live is the mind of Christ. I'm asking you one more time. Do you have the mind of Christ? Now we're getting there. Now we're getting there. This is faith growing right here. Lord Jesus, I want to praise you and thank you. What a thought that you would think through me. I just want to thank you and praise you that the day that I opened my heart to you, your spirit came inside. I didn't know everything that happened to me. I didn't know much of anything that happened to me. But I knew this, something was different. And your spirit gave me a new heart, changed desires. I, it's been a, dear Jesus, I, it's been a long, slow road of walking this thing out toward perfection. But I believe you that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. And I believe that one day when I stand in front of you, I will be perfected in the image of your dear son. 
And I thank you, but I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ. What a gift. Lord Jesus, I don't know how to be married. I'd have blown it up. I don't know how to raise children. I don't, I don't know how to do this job. I don't know how to relate to people. I don't know how to de-escalate situations. I don't know how to bring people back together that hate each other. Lord Jesus, I don't even know how to keep the squirrels out of my bird feeder. I know none of this stuff. But I thank you for the mind of Christ. Thank you for the creativity and the wisdom and the insight and the, and the, the ideas that just work and that help people and that I, I make beautiful things. If I could just get you to tell me where the fish are. You told Simon, if you'd just tell me. Lord Jesus, I praise you and thank you for the goodness. I pray for every person in this room, especially these younger guys that are embarking on life. They have not been dealt the best hand with the way my generation's leaving this nation. But I know this, as your word teaches, you can be in the middle of the worst situation and thrive if you can hear the mind of God and make the greatest decisions. These are the, I'm so thankful to live today. Right here at the second coming of Jesus. When darkness will cover the earth, yeah, big deal. But the glory of the Lord is going to rest on His people. And I'm so grateful. I, these are, I wouldn't trade these days for any days in history right now. Thank you for the mind of Christ. Thank you for the wisdom of God. And I pray for every person in this room that they would adopt a spirit of humility. Bow before you and say, I need your help in everything. And that they would obey you and quit, quit living according to what's going on around them and live according to the one who lives in them and rejoice and celebrate and worship you and praise you and live in your joy and in your hope and in your faith. And I just speak a spirit of wisdom in Jesus' name over people. Trust you for that. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You always know what to do. And you're willing to share that with people who listen to you. Open their minds to you. I, I just love it when your thoughts flood my mind. When them times when this is him right here. And I thank you and praise you for that. Let Jesus be glorified. In his precious name we pray. Amen.